Hey guys, welcome to my podcast, Rescued, Restored, and Released, a guide to healing and redemption. I'm your host, Melissa Ann Bettis, a mom, wife, and minister who found faith in the midst of misery, which ultimately led to my rescue. Join me as I share my story of God's healing and redemptive power. We will share real-life testimonies, biblical truths and steps to healing, spoken word, interviews, and special guest speakers who have also endured the messy process of healing. Here at R3 Discipleship, our hope is to empower women with God's word and reassure them that there can be complete healing and freedom through Jesus Christ. Remember, you were created to fly. So with that being said, are y'all ready? Okay, it's time to fly, ladies. Well, hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Rescued, Restored, and Released podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Perez. Um, It feels so good to be back, guys. I'm so excited to start this new season and just share with y'all everything that the Lord has shown me. Um, I was able to take a little time off just to to refresh and, and just allow God to speak into my life and and um, we've had many victories in this last month, but also, um, you know, a few trials here and there. And we know that when we're doing something for God, for his honor and glory, you know, the enemy always tries to come in and attack in some in some kind of form. And so God has just been with us. He's been good to us. And um, right now we're even in the middle of planning our next uh, Hope Over Dope outreach, which will be in August. And so I'll be kind of talking about that in the next, uh, this season for sure, just so that way we can get the word out there. Um, It's such an amazing event that the Lord put in our hearts um, many years ago, and this will be our third outreach. And we didn't get to do one last year because of COVID, but We are just so excited um, for everything God is doing. He has just been moving in a new way in this season. And I'm excited even for the podcast, for what God is doing. Um, And I want to kind of go into the title, the episode name. This is season two, episode one. And I titled this episode, I Could Have Died That Day. This episode has been on my heart for a long time, but it was also an episode that I've always been kind of hesitant about bringing because it, it just focuses, um, on something very personal for me. And, um, the Lord told me that it was time to share. And so in this season, I'm wanting to operate in obedience. I'm wanting to operate in boldness, um, because it's not for me. It's This is not about me. This is all about God. This is about what he wants to do in the lives of women, um, and even the men that are listening. Um, he wants to do something in your life. He wants to bring healing in your life. And I'm just going to kind of go into how I came about this title. Just um, I, I just began to reflect back on the season that actually birthed this ministry, this platform. Um, And aside from the victory and the redemption, um, I remembered the pain, the darkness, the hopelessness, and the amount of times 
that I could have died physically and spiritually. And I began to question myself, am I truly prepared to pay the cost to follow Christ? Um, I really started to contemplate on that question and, and I just began to think of how so many people can see ministers and, and really just see the platform and really just see the glamour of the platform and the attention and, oh, you know, look at what they're doing. That's so awesome. Like, I wish I was where they're at. And I'm sure right now that if you were to ask any minister where your ministry originated from, I know for me, my answer is going to be this ministry was birthed out of a place of brokenness. And it's true. Um, a lot of a lot of these people, these ministers um, that have platforms, that have churches, um, we didn't. This is not something that we just decided to do overnight. This was something that was birth that we labored in for years. Um, even if it just started out as an as a vision, you know, we had to grow. Um, you know, we had to examine our hearts and and really just trust God in a lot of different circumstances. And you know, for instance, this ministry, this podcast, you know, it is a healing ministry, and the reason there's healing is because I had to go through my own healing, which was painful. You know, they, they say that, um, the wound, the healing is more painful than the actual wound. And I, I am a full believer of that because of what I've experienced this last season. The healing process is, can be more painful than the actual wound and um, it's just sometimes it can just be a stretch of of growing and and um, examination, just really, just really having to go through a process that just tests you in all different areas and and so just coming out of a season, I really started questioning: Am I prepared to go through these things? Um, you know, do you understand that the cost of the anointing sometimes comes at your own expense? Right now we live in a society where, um, we want everything handed to us or at the cheapest cost. And society has even put a cost on grace. The church has even put a cost on grace. You know, how many times have we... Um, taken God's grace for granted, um, his forgiveness, where we begin to compromise in all kinds of areas in our lives as Christians, you know, we begin to become complacent and comfortable um, in the church. And, and so when attacks come, guess what? We're not ready. We're, we're not on guard. Oh, we don't have our armor on and we get hit hard. And um, that's something that I can actually testify to. And I'm just, you know, I'm thankful for God's grace um, in just so many, so many instances where I took his grace for granted. You know, I could have died in my sin. 
I could have died an eternal death living the lifestyle in the world, even in my walk, falling back. And I can tell y'all that I did take God's grace for granted a lot of times where I just was like, I'm forgiven. I'm free. I'm forgiven. And I would repent. But the thing is, is that repentance, it's, it's turning away from sin. It's not a temporary thing. And a lot of times I feel like we kind of get that out of context. Like repentance shouldn't be um, a temporary thing. Repentance is turning away from sin, like making a commitment that you are going to allow God to be the Lord of your life and to trust him that you will not go back into that lifestyle again. And, and so, like I said, you know, I could have died an eternal death in my sin. And honestly, I did want to die. You know, many times I wanted to die in the season that I came out of. Um, I, I began to develop an anxiety. I was depressed. Um, I contemplated suicide many times. And that's something that I've always battled with in my past. Um, even as a young child, um, I was a cutter and I used to cut myself. It was just like a form of pain that, that like released me, released whatever pain I was feeling. And so God, you know, delivered me from those things, you know, as a, as a teenager and of course coming into my walk and, and it's like those things have a way of trying to come back into your life when you're in sin. Um, it's like all these other things come back with that sin. And I remember just being like, I'm, I'm just tired, God. I, I don't want anything to do with this. I'm tired. Like, why do I still have these issues? And I really literally would ask God just to take me, just take me. You know, I'm, I'm just done with everything. I can't do this. I continue to fail and fail. And um, I just, I praise God because he got me through those dark times. But all of that reminded me of a story in the Bible. And it's one of my favorite stories. It's a very intimate story for me, but it's the adulterous woman. And that is in John chapter eight, verses two through 11. And I'm going to go ahead and read it. And you can follow along if you have your Bibles. But it says, verse two, at dawn, Jesus went to the temple again and all the people were coming to him. He sat down and began to teach them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery, making her stand in the center. Teacher, they said to him, this woman was caught in the act of committing adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They asked us to trap him in order that they might have evidence to accuse him. Jesus stooped down and started writing on the ground with his finger. When they persisted in questioning him, he stood up and said to them, 
The one without sin among you should be the first to throw a stone at her. Then he stooped down again and continued writing on the ground. When they heard this, they left one by one, starting with the older men. Only he was left with the woman at the center. When Jesus stood up, he said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, Lord, she answered. Neither do I condemn you, said Jesus. Go, and from now on, do not sin anymore. I can relate to this woman because we share the same testimony. And that is why this story has such, an, a, such a personal hold on my heart because I can relate to her. I was her. I was in that same sin, that darkness. I know the shame that she felt. I know the heartache that she felt. I know the failure that she felt. And at the beginning of the story, it states that they made this woman stand in the center. And that just really caught my eye because it was all eyes on her when she was in this sin. And, and this, these were Pharisees and scribes that, that brought her to this place. People of the church, people that were supposed to be followers of God. They were the ones to put her in the center. They were the ones condemning her. And I could really relate to this woman when I read that part. Because when I was in my sin, whenever I was exposed, I felt like especially the church had pointed out my mistakes, had pointed out my sin um, in the harshest way possible. And... It was hard. It was embarrassing. You know, you're not you're not only already ashamed and and hurt and just disgusted with yourself, but on top of that, you know, you have people that you trusted, you know, making comments, laughing, you know, just really putting you in the spotlight when in that moment you want to go into hiding. And I remember in those moments, that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to hide. I never wanted to come out again. I was afraid to go anywhere in town. Um, felt like everybody knew, even if they didn't. Felt like everyone was always looking at me and talking about me, even if they weren't, even if they didn't even know me. But it was such a an overwhelming weight that I was carrying. And I just wanted to stay locked up in my room forever. I never wanted to show my face again. And and so it was hard, you know, especially when you are the center of people's conversations, the center of um, the gossip, you know, just even people that, you know, wait for you to fall. And there are people out there like that, women of God, you, you know, y'all, if y'all are in ministry, y'all know, you know, people are waiting for you to fall. And it's just the sad truth um, that that happens. But the thing is, is we all fall short of the glory of God. None of us are perfect. Um, we're never going to reach that perfection until we are in the kingdom. All we can do is, is continue to get back up. It says in the Bible that a righteous man 
falls seven times, but he gets back up. And I always say God called that man righteous even before he got back up. Even when he knew he would fall, he said a righteous man falls seven times. And God knows how many times that I've fallen, but I have to continue to get back up because I cannot allow the enemy to have a foot, a footstool over my life, over my testimony. This is something that was added to my testimony and, and he was able to redeem everything to me. And it has just been such an amazing and humbling experience. And so you know, moving forward, um, there is a woman by the name of Catherine Coleman. And I um, ran across her, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And I didn't I didn't know much about her. I think I've heard her name before, but um, she was an evangelist and had an amazing healing ministry. And I kind of read a little bit of her biography and she had actually had a very scandalous uh, lifestyle in her earlier years and she was divorced. She had actually had an affair with a married man who was also a pastor. Um, This pastor left his family for this woman, Catherine, um, they married and I guess they did ministry together for a while from what I understand. And, um, of course the relationship didn't last. And so she divorced. And I guess after that, I'm not sure how long after that, but she continued to minister and be on the pulpit and was invited to go preach at churches. And, and she states that at one occasion she was preaching in a church and, Someone informed that the pastor um, to the pastor that she was divorced and also, you know, what what she did. And um, it led the pastor to walk up to the front and grab the microphone from her. And he apologized to the crowd for having a false prophet preaching. She was escorted by the ushers out of the church and ran out of town. And it says that she wept, wept when you weep it's not just a little cry when you weep it's from the heart it's from a a deep place in her heart and I could imagine how hurt she was that because of her past some you know a man of God people that are supposed to be followers of Christ and and be they're supposed to be reflecting the love and the compassion of Christ Brothers and sisters, we call them brothers and sisters because they are family. They ran her out of the church. They ran her out of town because of her past. They didn't care if she got back up. They didn't They didn't care about the redemption. They didn't consider the forgiveness of Christ. All they could see was her past. And a lot of times... Guys, that's what's going to happen. There's always going to be somebody looking at you and judging you by your past. They're always going to see you as your past. And so many times I just would drive myself crazy figuring out how I'm going to redeem myself. How am I going to redeem my reputation or my name? 
How am I going to to pick back up from this? How am I going to defend myself to these people that are saying things about me? It was a vicious cycle in my mind that really began to take over my life and um, it, it made me weary. It, it tired me out until God reminded me that I was his. And regardless if I had sinned or not, people are going to do that those things anyways. We have to continue to live under the blood, under the blood of Jesus and know that we belong to him, know that we are forgiven and to drown out the noise of the enemy, to drown out the noise of the world and what they have to say. Because the thing is, is we can't do anything about what people say. All we can do is pray for them, give them to God, pray for ourselves and and come out of peace. Bring ourselves to a peace with God. And um, it says that on rare occasions, Catherine would address her past and she would make the comment about her peers during her crisis. And this, this quote is so powerful to me. It says, you know, sometimes it's a thousand times easier to die physically than to keep on living. You see, the Lord forgives, but people don't. And when I read that, it it just really touched my heart. I just felt at that moment so connected with this woman because, and forgive me because I get emotional, but um, how hurtful the church can be. The Lord does forgive. He forgives you, woman, woman of God, if you're going through circumstances, if you're if you've fallen back, um, if you're if you're ha- battling in your own mind and your heart or questioning, God forgives you. He does. He loves you. He forgives you, and He will send people to you to remind you of that. But be prepared because people don't. People don't forgive, even if they follow the Lord, even if they read his word every day and they preach and they talk about the love of God and you witness them being the hands and feet of Jesus. Sometimes they just don't forgive. And you cannot sit there and focus on that because it does it. Just like Catherine said, it is a thousand times easier to die And how many times I just wanted to die. How many times I just wanted to forget. I just wanted people to forget about me. I just, I didn't want to be here anymore. Even at the cost of my kids not having a mom, my husband not having his wife, me not being a daughter or sister anymore. Like, I just didn't care. Because people can be so ugly believe me and it hurts especially when they're people that you had relationships with that you grew together with in christ and for a long time i held unforgiveness in my heart bitterness towards people that began to drive me back into a depression 
until the Lord dealt with my heart in that. And it was all of this was a part of healing. And um, he healed my heart of all of the unforgiveness and bitterness that I had. And I was able to move forward with peace. And and he, he showed me and helped me to realize that, you know, the people that hurt me were hurt in some form or fashion. They've been hurt and they haven't received the healing that they needed. And so I pray for all those who ever, you know, slandered my name or, you know, spoke against me, that the Lord would help them, that the Lord would give them healing and that the Lord would show them one day to be able to forgive me because I can't hold that burden. I could not hold that burden. And she goes on to say, though, They'll drive it in and 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 they'll pierce your heart and they'll pierce it clear through. And it's true. But she continues to go on and say that that Catherine Coleman died. She died. Whatever the world's opinions of her were, um, she died to the flesh and everything with that, the opinions of the world, um, what people were saying, everything died with that woman. And, and when I, and I read that and I was like, wow, that's, that's how I want to see everything is that that woman is dead. I laid her to rest. I'm, I'm getting, I'm healing. I'm not saying I'm completely whole. I'm completely healed. There are a lot of things that I still need healing, a lot of areas that I still need healing in, but the Lord is working on me and I'm allowing him to work on me. And it goes on to say that this woman began um, a healing ministry. And I thought it was so neat because that's exactly the calling that the Lord had placed over my life was healing. And it's it's hard because it takes something like this um, to really bring out the calling. And that's why I say, at what cost? You know, there's a price to pay for the anointing, for the calling over your life. There is a price to pay. And I'm not saying you have to go through these horrible things, but raised in a world that we live in right now, there's a lot of things that the Lord has to strip us from. And sometimes it can be very uncomfortable, but it's it's growth. And it and it's something that is going to help later on in life. Um, even with your the legacy that you leave behind. And um it says that in those days, um, when she began her her healing ministry, um, she had the greatest anointing on her. And in those days that uh the presence of the Holy Spirit that she carried was so strong. Um, it says that healings and strange miracles never before recorded accompanied her ministry till death. She just was such an amazing woman of God. And she did not allow her past to dictate what her future had in store for her, what God had in store for her. And so it was just such an amazing thing to be able to 
read this story of this woman because personally for me, I don't know a lot of women with my testimony. And a lot of times that's why I was so hesitant about talking about it, about bringing out what what I went through because I, I honestly didn't want to disappoint people. Um, I was worried about the wrong thing. And, and it's still shameful to talk about. It is shameful to talk about. But I know that there are people out there that don't talk about these things and they need someone to talk about it. Um, and, and I've stepped up and only through Christ, only, you know, him directing my steps and, and telling me to do this is the reason why I, I've made this podcast and, and, and just continued in this ministry and this calling and, and I just want to encourage you today, women of God, um, man of God, if you're listening, don't give up. Trust God. Trust God in these moments, in these circumstances, whenever you feel like it's over or you just can't do this anymore. No, just take it one day at a time and trust him in every circumstance. Um, there is one point that I would like to make. And it's where Jesus writes in the sand. And a lot of people don't really know what he was writing exactly. But I did come across some scripture that you could really just imagine what God, what Jesus was interpreting through this message and it says that he, you know, he writes in the sand. He and and the way I imagine it is, you see, you see the woman, the adulterous woman, and you see Jesus right in front of her. And he bends down, like almost like a form of protection, like I got you. And he begins to write in the sand, and the Pharisees are confused and are like, "What is this man doing?" And there's a scripture in Jeremiah seventeen thirteen. And let me pull that up. Just a minute. Jeremiah 17, 13 says, Lord, the hope of Israel, all who abandon you will be put to shame. All who turn away from me will be written in the dirt. For they have abandoned the Lord, the fountain of living water. And when I read that, I was like, wow. All I could see was Jesus writing these Pharisees and scribes' names in the dirt. He says, he, is who with, he who is without sin cast the first stone. And it says one by one, they began to drop their stones in the ground. And for me, I could imagine... That he reminds them of this scripture because they knew the law, they knew the test, they, they knew the Old Testament, they knew the book of Jeremiah. They were they were philosophers, they they were teachers of the law of the word. And so they knew exactly what Jesus was doing. And all I could believe in my own mind was that he was writing down these names. And right away, it I'm sure that it it shook them. 
and they had no choice but to drop their stones and leave because none of them were without sin. We are all sinners. And it says at the end of the passage that it was only him and the woman left in the center. She was still in the center, but only in the eyes of Jesus. It was just them two, an intimate moment of redemption and of rescue. And he says, go and sin no more. I asked my pastor's wife to keep me in prayer whenever I, I was going to do this episode. And one thing that she said was just focus on the story of rescue and redemption. And I just thought that was so powerful. Because in the end, it's not about me. It's about what Christ did for me. It's about what Christ can do for you. It's about the story of his rescue. He rescued this woman from death. She could have died that day. She was supposed to die that day. But the Lord came in. He intervened. He stepped in front of her. He defended her. He covered her. And after all of her accusers were gone, it was just them two. And I could imagine how thankful and forever grateful she was to Jesus. She could have died that day, but God had another plan for her. And I, it just makes me go back to my own story, my own rescue story. I could have died so many times physically and even spiritually being done with ministry being done with not even not even taking care of my testimony not even wanting to to serve for the kingdom anymore um not even really caring about my salvation anymore i could have died in those areas but jesus is so faithful and his word is alive and active and sharper than a double-edged sword. He pierced, the word of God pierced my heart. And I wept and I wept and I wept because he came in and he rescued me from death. He rescued me from myself and he redeemed me. This podcast's platform is a form of his redemption. It's it's so it's it's for people that need healing, but it was so much for me as well just to to walk in the healing and and to cope in some way. I needed this podcast. I needed this platform in order for me to grow, in order for me to to continue the process of healing and to show everyone that yes, I failed and you might fail woman of God, you will fail, but we get back up, we dust ourselves off and we continue to trust God as we walk this journey 
to our eternal home. And so I encourage you today, woman of God, to continue to press forward, to endure in the calling that has been placed over your life and to guard your heart and your mind with the word of God. And I just bless you in the name of Jesus and I cover you in the name of Jesus. I thank y'all so much for tuning in today. I thank y'all so much for for being so faithful to listening to this podcast. Um, If you know somebody that is struggling, share it with them. Let them know that they're not alone. Let them know that there is healing in Christ. And I will continue to share what the Lord gives me. I will be back on in two weeks from today. Um, Continue to support, pray for the ministry. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. Um, And if you ever need prayer or would just like to give a testimony, please um, go in and send us a message. Send me a message even through the podcast, whatever platform that you're listening on. There are forms of sending messages. Um, It really encourages me when I'm able to read my listeners' testimonies or how the show or the episode uh, impacted your life. And so I just thank y'all so much for listening. And I will... I will continue to um, post updates, announcements, things that are coming um, for our three discipleship. We are so excited to share those things with y'all. So just continue to share, support the ministry, and God bless you guys. Hello, ladies. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please don't forget to subscribe and go like my page on Facebook, R3 Discipleship. I am so thankful that you tuned in. Until next time, God bless and remember, it's time to fly.